Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Hey Mavericks, we are here at the Senior Living Transformation Summit in Boston, Massachusetts, and we're here talking with Charles Turner, the CEO of CARE with the K. Hi, Charles. How you doing? Thanks for coming on our show. We're excited to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and your background and what CARE is. Sure. So my background last, I don't know, 10 a dozen years, uh, I was a senior housing developer and operator and owner. Um, developed communities sort of all, all over the Sun Belt. Uh, also a background in technology, which sort of bled into, you know, uh, I, I invest and advise in, you know, a bunch of companies, startups all the way to Fortune 500 uh, companies and various things kind of at the intersection of aging and technology. Um, and then about a year, a little less than a year ago, I launched uh, what is now CARE with a K um, as a way, you know, I, I, you, you look at any sort of survey of any senior housing executive and what keeps them up at night. Uh, the, the two biggest things usually are the overbuilding problem um, and uh, and the labor problem. Well, I decided to solve both of those. I, I, I figured oh, that the, the world right. doesn't need a, another 86-unit <laughs> assisted living in memory care. Um, and so we're going to stop that. And then we're going to build a, a labor application that helps solve a lot of the labor crisis. Uh, it solves a lot of the income insecurities on, on the labor side. And then it also solves um, the labor expense and the turnover issue on the provider side. So I remember, you know, I, I, I came out of college in the you know, mid nineties. And it was just sort of the tail end of, you know, business process redesign and KPIs. We're like, we're, we're starting to have the same conversations, you know, 25 some odd years later in the senior care space, which on one hand I'm excited about, but the other hand, we're like, these problems have been solved in other industries a yeah. long time ago. What, what do you, hey, we're getting there. Right? Why do you think there, there is that resistance to incorporating solutions that have already existed in the corporate world? You know, I, I think because one, we haven't needed to, I think we've been sort of fat, dumb and happy uh, up until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, also, you know, senior living is uh, what I love about senior living is you can advance your career pretty far based on, frankly, just raw intelligent gumption. I mean, you don't need a lot of education. Um, you don't need a lot of business you know, acumen. If you just are, are kind of smart, you got a lot of gumption, you can go pretty far, True. which is great. But at some point, you get you kind of hit the ceiling where you don't have a perspective. And it's not your fault. You just don't have a perspective of what the rest of the world does. Um, and if you don't have that perspective, you, you don't know what, you know, you're, you're very reticent to change sometimes. So, um, but now I think you're getting to the point where you know, the capital markets have become much more sophisticated. The stressors have, are becoming more sophisticated. The payer mix is going to start demanding action. So you start looking at what's happening in the skilled side, the rehab side, where Medicare and Medicaid has sort of, because of the pressures from that, have sort of forced organizations to be more lean and more efficient. Obviously, they still have their own challenges, but sometimes they have a choice but to change. And so um, I, I think we're going to start seeing that over the next three, five years in, in sort of the senior housing space, where these pressures are going to force outside influencers to come into the space. It's like we, we can improve this. So it's an exciting. It can be an exciting time. There'll be a lot of change, and um, it'll it'll kind of coincide with, with the, the that inflection point with uh, right. baby boomers becoming customers. Yeah, that's 
I agree. I think it's going to be exciting though, because we're going to finally begin to listen to the older adult and what they want. We have to adapt to one that product, but also the efficiencies on the back end. We yeah. have to get more lean, mean, more creative, like what you're doing with care with a K, uh, in order to to address some of those issues. Yeah. So what I'm really curious about is you, you know, you've been in the industry for a while. Kind of talk more about the workforce challenges. What are some, you know, ideas or things that you're seeing that right. help improve that aspect? Yeah. So, you know, just let's go. Let's go through some math. Uh, everyone loves math, but um, so right now there are, you know, if you just kind of forecast over the next, uh, let's call it ten years. So, you know, there's a study that came out from MIT that says we're going to have a, a workforce shortage in the congregate care space of about 151,000 people, and and that sounds like a big enough number as it is. Um, the bigger problem is it doesn't talk about the people that are leaving. So as our customer base is increasing, the number of workers are actually leaving the workforce. So that 151 only counts the incremental number we need. It really that number, if there's a, a study that was just came out a couple of weeks ago, that, that 2.9 million, I think it was 2.9 million, all right, don't quote me on that. Um, Care, well, like caregiver shortage, whether you're 20, 30. Two point, which, so let's say 3 million. Let's call it 3 million, which which equates to, I think the number was something like well over 100 million shifts per year that will, you know, that will go unfilled. Wow. Right. So, you know, you start, what does that number mean? So just, if you just look at the math right now, if you take the the number of frontline caregivers, and I'm talking people like, you know, they're caregivers, CNAs, med techs, vocational professional nurses. I'm not even talking about RNs right now. Okay. Just take that, look at our post you just add the numbers up, the, the, the gross domestic product, the gross economic impact of that cohort is about four to five times the size of the personal transportation market, which includes Uber, Lyft, wow. um, taxis and limousines. And so, you know, we always talk about, um, we talk about, uh, you know, driverless cars and that's great. That's cool and sexy. And I guess it's coming. But this is a this is a, an impact which is four to five times that size, and so that's what we're trying to, trying to solve. And, and if you look at the implications of the, the you know, I think it was some how many billions of dollars of impact that is per year. If we don't solve this, we're, we're going to have a crisis on our hands. Wow, I mean that's those are big numbers. Big numbers. I mean, when you, because I mean, if you look at the numbers for Uber, four to five times that GDP or that you right. know gross product. That's a lot of money that. You know, you think about there, like I think there are four and a half million just caregivers, like not even licensed, like almost three million uh, frontline just like CNAs, licensed CNAs. I have about seven hundred fifty thousand vocation licensed vocational and professional nurses. Again, we're not even talking about our ends right now. So if you just look at the raw number of people that are doing that. It actually dwarfs the kind of the personal transportation yeah. market. And then look at the numbers as it progresses over the next decade. It becomes even. Bigger. Now, when you say people leaving the workforce, you're, you mean those that are aging out, or those that are just leaving because of the stress or the other issues? I think it's it's you know it's one of the three things, right? One, they're aging out. So our workforce, our frontline caregiving workforce, is aging out. Um, so as they're aging out, you know who's who's coming in? Uh, we don't have a big pipeline. The second thing is economic, right? So. Uh, you know, every different cities, different jurisdictions have different minimum wage laws. But you know, it, it, at some point, you know, I think that it, uh, just looking at the American Senior Housing Association, I think it's been a while, I think about a year since I looked at it. But the average caregiver in the United States, frontline caregiver, makes about eleven dollars an hour. So if Amazon, I'm using that as an example, mm-hmm. is paying fifteen, right. you know, what we're finding is the based on our labor pool for care, they love being caregivers. The reason they're they're you're using our app. We'll talk about in a second 
is because they like doing that. They want the flexibility. But somewhere, somewhere they're going to make, they, they're at an inflection point. They either have to stay in the air industry or go someplace that it's not as fun, it's not as cool, or not as fulfilling right. for, for more, more money. It is a simple economic transaction. And then the third thing, I think the reason they, they, they leave is it's, it's just, it's, it's a bad job. I think there, there was a study that came out, um, somewhat recent, past few years about, from like the Department of Labor, mm-hmm. the Department of Labor, that basically took all jobs in America and defined them as good job and bad jobs. Jeez. There's six categories of what define a bad job. Oh, I'm trying to remember all, you know, low wages, okay. lack of advancement, uh, you know, phys- you know, physically or emotionally exhausted job. And, and, uh, and a boss with a, with a very low EQ, you know, and there's a couple of things I can just keep yeah, on the top of my head. Well, being a frontline caregiver like, fit every single one of those categories. Wow. And so they may, they may love the senior, they may love caring, but everything else around that job is not good. Yeah. And so they're like, why would I do this if I don't have, I can't advance. It's exhausting, you know, and getting burned out. Right. So it's, you know, I always say there are three, three types of people in this world, probably creators, problem identifiers, and problem solvers. Very few people in the world are actually problem solvers. I wish I could say we're solving this, right? We're but you're attempting. Attempting, you're attempting. You're attempting to solve it. A lot of it is, I'm just identifying what the problem is. I wish I could say I could solve the whole thing, but uh, uh, we're not. Uh, but we are solving quite a bit of it. We're, we're, we're doing a lot to keep people in the industry and, yeah. to, you know, and to provide extra. And there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity to solve it. And I think that's one of the things that we can talk about is this is, there's opportunity in this industry to make an impact with technology, with new ideas, with innovation and what you're creating. And and we'll talk about what care is, but what you're creating really is beginning to solve that. And we have to start, we have to, we're already way behind the curve. So I I say kudos to you. We have start so um talk to us a little bit about labor retention yeah um so that you know we we have it kind of goes a little bit the sort of six points of keeping people in the workforce right so we talked about sort of the aging workforce um early on in an earlier panel talked about uh you know millennials there's an interesting if you look at uh, let's look at millennials right millennials have a um uh, you know, what do they want? They, they want work, workforce fle- flexibility. They want a culture with purpose. Um, you know, th- they want uh, they want ability to fail. They want to be able to try new things. They, they don't necessarily want the traditional say, nine to five job. So you, you would think with you know, the missional aspect of being a millennial, it would attract more to our space. Um, I, I think where we lack as, a, as an industry is, okay, if we may be able to recruit you and say you have a high EQ, so become a frontline what caregiver, however you want to define yourself. But then we get to the point of uh, okay, and, and then what? Right? People want to move up the ladders. You know, you look at you say okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a CNA or I'm gonna become an LVN. Like great, you, you got your license, you go into a nursing home, you go into assisted living, and then what? Right? You know what? What is your career path from there? And, and at some point, you realize, look, I can. I love caring for people, but you know, down the street, they're paying fifty cents more an hour. I am now a commodity because I, I have no advancements um, in my organization. So well, I might as well go down the street. I can care for people down there just as well as I am here, and I'm just getting paid more. So we have to deal with that. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that we should be doing. Um, you know, looking at things like micro promotions, micro uh, micro raises. You, you, I read a great article about a guy hires ex-convicts and everybody starts off the same. 
they, they would start in, in washing dishes, but literally every two weeks, they get an increase in pay by a couple cents and an increase in title by whatever it is. Gotcha. And so his, his staff retention is through the roof because he's he gives reasons for yeah. people to stay there. Right? Right. It's just a little bit more, a little bit more. And, and they can see stigma. that it's going to grow. And they can see yeah. there's a path to get someplace. So he's taking a page from the call centers. Yeah. With hiring uh, people in prison, right? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And teaching them skills. And, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think we have to start yeah. doing those things in order to do it. I think, you know, I always, you always hear, you go to these conferences and you go to the design meetings and the architectural meetings and they always say, we need to design a great break room for our, our staff. And like, that's great. But I, I will tell you this, but on our platform, some of our best customers have the most fantastic break rooms. And, and I, and I, that may not be a good thing, right? If you, you, you know, please use us to help build open shifts. But if you're using this for your primary staff, you're doing something wrong, right? Uh, and, yeah. um, and I don't care how fabulous your break room is. You right. know, it may help with recruiting, but yeah. it doesn't solve your back door problem. Which is your retention yep. issue. Yeah. Yep. I, well, one more point on staff retention. Yeah, I always love telling this story because um, when we started this, I personally interviewed 150 frontline kickers uh, who were applying to be in the platform. And I asked them the same sort of questions, but one question I always asked was, when you go to work, what pisses you off? And uh, expecting a lot of canned responses, and sometimes they were, and I would expect that, that response to be, you know, what really pisses me off when my boss doesn't respect me. That's kind of what I expected. That was not the response. That was actually number three. I think number three, wow. but two thirds, literally two thirds. So about a hundred of 150 answer this question the exact same way. And, and I've asked this question to people, what do you think it is? And no one has ever been able to, to, to answer it. And the answer was always this. What really pisses me off when I go to work is when I show up and the previous staff haven't finished their shifts and I've got to literally, excuse my language, clean up their crap. Wow. And so... And it was almost verbatim. Around this. And I, I, I started thinking, this is not a labor problem. That's a management problem. Yeah. And most of us have yeah. some form of EHR or care plan. Right? Yeah. And if in those EHRs, you have a care plan that says, Mrs. Jones need to have these ADLs managed between this hour and this hour. Yeah. And if you're your staff nurse or your, you know, your, your resident care coordinator, use your EHR the way God intended and say, how do you close out all your your tickets, right? right? Mm-hmm. By the end of that shift. Yep. I guarantee you the number one thing you can do to improve morale in your organization is to make sure that, that one shift is finished before they leave. That's Because awesome. that will affect the next shift, the next shift, the next shift. That's a great and that's an insight I never really thought that's about. That's a great insight for our audience right here. Really important to pay attention to that. And that, as you say, that's a management problem. A management that's problem. something that can be handled. But it also goes with what you both have been saying is it's a workflow management, like yeah. the tickets of, right. of not just of prioritizing your tickets and not just pushing it to somewhere, right? Right. You know, is it a red, yellow, purple, whatever color you're going to highlight the need for and just not just let it go somewhere, but do something, do something with that. that. Yeah. That's, cool. That's right. Yeah. And then you start to create pride for the shift before right. they get off That's shift right. that they've completed all of their tickets. That's right. That's cool. And the, yeah. people that, that, the people that don't complete it, the ones that slack off are going to get chastised with the rest of the people on that team right. you know right. create a team mentality with everyone on that right. shift right that's yes. awesome it's off the next one yeah, and, yeah. You know, they'll piss you off it comes around right that's cool <laughs> this is true that's really cool so we're we're doing something this year we're asking all of our guests to tell us who they think in their life is a maverick mm-hmm. who's a maverick in my life so let's keep it 
let's keep it kind of, I guess, professional. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Well, no, you know, it's... Um, a lot of people tell us it's their mom or their dad or their grandmother. Or spouse. Yeah. Anyone, I mean, in yeah, anyone in your life. I, I don't want to say that because uh, I'm, I'm way too um, much of a maverick for my family. They criticize that. <laughs> but, you know, I, let, let's, let's keep in the industry. The, the folks that I really have a lot of respect for are the ones that want to take risks. Um, you know, if you ask a lot of operators, I'm not naming names, they are, they'll say, okay, what do, what do we need to do better for 20? They're putting their, their 2020 plan together. What do we do? We need to train our staff better. We need to make them more hospitable. We need to, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we need to figure out how we generate leads better. And that's all fine and good. But, you know, every operator in the United States is saying the exact yeah. same thing. So what are you doing differently? So what I love, you know, folks like, you know, Bob Kramer, um, you know, founder Nick, he's, Bob is a part of care. Um, he's on our advisory board. What I love about Bob is because he's, he's, uh, sort of stepped down from day-to-day operations of Nick. He, he will say this, like, I am an agent provocateur. Like that is my job to just ask the hard questions and really just make yeah. people feel uncomfortable to figure out how can we do this industry better? You know, folks like Glenn Katzman figure out, Hey, how can we get a different pair mixing here? How can we align ourselves better with the post to continue? We're talking about it again. You know, they're problem creators, problem identifiers, problem solvers. We all identify this is a problem we need to solve. Who's actually taking the lead on, yeah. on doing these sort of things? So I have a lot of appreciation for people that are that want to take the risk and are willing to fail and willing to maybe even be wrong, right? And and maybe I may disagree with somebody and that's okay. At least they're trying something and I hopefully uh, can can admit if I'm wrong about something and I more because I'm wrong 80 times a day, but... Um, <laughs> And so people who are taking out. action. People are taking yeah. action. People are taking risks. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we're at an inflection point. We have to do that. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. How do you think you're creating hope for the way we age? Um, you know, I think, well, what, you know, on, a, on an acute level um, with with care, right, uh, we are trying to figure out the labor problem. And that's, you know, to put too fine a point on it. But we are, uh, we're trying to keep people in the industry. And so... Anything we can do, and that's why you know, the folks that are, are, are backing CARE, are it, it is an industry-driven initiative. It's not just me. It's not just, you know, VC money. It is very much an industry-driven initiative. So it is how can we keep our cost, how can we increase income for our caregivers? Everybody on our platform is called a hero. Now, how do we increase in, um, income for our heroes? But well, at the same point, saving you know, money at the operating level, as well as expediting your hiring process and keeping, and then at the end of the day, like we talked about earlier, how do we keep people in the industry? People, what we find when we talk to our caregivers is they love being in this industry. Um, you know, it, it's not a job that should be, um, you know, looked down upon. You shouldn't be looked at as a commodity. You should, you know, we should be, you should be proud of the fact that you love caring for, for seniors. So a lot, all of our messaging is around, around that. That's cool. I love that they call them heroes. I think that's really, really cool. So dive in a little bit. What what action do you want our listeners to take? Talk a little bit more about that care with a K app as well, too. Yeah. So, so the app would just, you know, in a nutshell, think of it like a, you know, like an Uber-like platform, Mm -hmm. um, but for caregivers and nurses in the senior care and post-acute care space. So, you know, you are a a nursing home, you're assisted living community. You have an open shift right now. Your, your options are to pay agency or or staffing agency or or pay someone overtime. Well, we can create a marketplace with people who are pre-qualified and willing to work extra and obviously need the extra income. They can apply 
you know, to work a shift and, you know, you'll make it three or four applicants and all of us may apply. And, you know, I'm a 2.7 star rating. You're a 3.8 and she's a 4.9. Well, she'll get picked. Um, she comes in and she, you know, she comes in and she works a shift, does a good job. She gets a good rating. She gets paid the next business day. Wow. Um, and so, you know, it's very enabling for her, especially, gosh, I need money. I need it quickly in the next few days. It's a great way to keep people sort of married to the industry because they know they can get paid, you know, very, very quickly. And, um, and so that's, that's, you know, that's the nutshell of how it works. It, 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 on, at the facility side, we're just saving a lot of money. Right. Um, because it's a marketplace. It's not an agency. Yeah. yeah and it mobilizes bench. So you have a bench. bench of people. Thousands. Whereas right now in today's world, uh, many of the agencies have their own bench. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So then they're fighting for different people to be on their bench. They can't get the right people when they need them because right. they're out doing other things. Let's, let's start. You said something interesting. There's a rating system. Yeah. That's pretty unique. Who is rating them? Because the, that's cool. The facilities do, right? Or the okay. communities do. So once you check out, uh, before you can get paid that, it's like, you know, you check yeah. out, your, you get your Uber, you got to rate mm -hmm. the driver. Mm -hmm. Same concept. Okay. They're not going to get paid unless you verify their hours and give them a rating. Um, and then you get to see, you know, every community gets to see that, that star rating. So the idea is, you know, I get this question all the time. How do you, how do you get, you know, bad actors or, you know, keep, you know, poor people off the platform? And we do like the people come in and they may not be great. And so one of two things happen, either they step up so they know they get that rating or they get weeded out very, very quickly. Yeah. So the idea, you create a marketplace with the better and better people right. who yeah. need extra income. Um, and so we're seeing that play out over and over That's again. cool. And so over time, if people can't keep up their rating and they're unreliable, we frankly just remove them from the, from the platform. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's such a huge help yeah. though, because you're now getting rid of some of that ambiguity of, is this person good going to show right. up? You know, you get a hundred reviews of a caregiver and they average 4.7. That's yeah. probably pretty good. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and the other benefit of it, if, if you're a, if you're, a, if you're a community, if you like our heroes, you can hire them. We don't charge you for that. So there's no extra, there's no extra fee, no extra charge. And the reason we do that is oh. because, you know, we know, again, this way, if this, you know, if I was working with RNs and things like that, it would be very, very different. But for a frontline caregiver, frontline CNA, um, and an LDN, we know these folks need extra income. They, we see this over and over. They get, they get, they get hired, um, by our, our folks. Oh, we actually right. greatly expedite the hiring process. So. In national statistics, say something like you know, the average frontline caregiver uh, in any sort of healthcare field, it's an average of 49 days to hire. By the time you know you post a job, go through everything, mm. license verification, background check, well, then, then they've got to resign. It's 49 days. We, we shorten that to a few days. It's kind of a try before you buy. If they want to do that, but we also know, yeah, they're going to, they may get picked up for a full time job, but they're still going to work extra shifts for sure. Days oh, yeah. Because they need the extra income. Yeah. So that's why. It, it, it drives operators to our platform and it drives heroes to our platform as well because they know they can they can also sort of try before they commit. Yeah. Like, I, I've heard about that community, but I want to test work, it test it before yeah. I apply. Yeah, for that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what actions can our listeners take? Uh, well, you know, yeah, keep following us. Um, you know, I, we, we're, we are expanding rapidly. We're probably adding you know, three-ish um, major markets every quarter. Oh, wow. Um, we, we just launched in late October in uh, two markets in Texas, and we're adding three more uh, over here. Probably April 1st, we're launching um, in three more markets, and then you know, three more markets after that. So, um, you know, if you, if you are an operator, we'd love to hear from you about, you know, you may not even be in a market that we're in, and that's okay. We're dealing with a lot of the, the larger operators, a lot of the, large, the regional operators to say, where are we collectively having labor problems? And so if we have you know, five, 10 operators that have a problem in you know, 
Boise, Idaho. I'm making that up. Like, okay, well, let's we'll spin up in Bo- Boise, Idaho. We need to you know, make whatever changes we need to mm-hmm. on our tech to make sure we're state compliant. Wow. Um, and then we'll spin up in Boise, Idaho. Cool. Um, and, and so, again, this is very much an industry-driven initiative mm-hmm. yeah. um, to try to collectively solve this, this crisis. So That's we'll all. make a plug for our hometown. When will you be coming to Denver? Um, 2020. That is definitely okay. a, a very, very high cool. on our, our list. Um, okay. we, I, we need it. Yeah, I speak with a lot of people in the senior care industry, from hospice to assisted living to home care to home health. First thing on their list always is workforce issues. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, we look forward to that. So tell our audience how they can find you. So our website is doyoucare.com. That's care with a K. Um, If you ever go to any conference, we're everything's bright and orange and obnoxious. And so that's, that's how you can find us. You can go to our, uh, our app store and it's the care hero app that that's the app that, that our, um, you know, all our heroes use the, the facilities use uh, different. Right. Of course. um, Which is, is not open, but, um, but you can look at that and you kind of see how it works. It's fairly straightforward. And we always say, if you can use our app, you know, if you can use Uber, you can use our app. There's no yeah. cost to use it. There's no cost to post a ship. You can get you on board in 20 minutes. It's not a long, like, EHR rollout training. It's, you know, it's so pretty quick. how do you verify people? Yeah, it's a great question. And the first thing we do is, do they have a license in good standing with the state, period? We, okay. we have a lot of people who are caregivers. Unfortunately, I can't validate their training. I can't validate, you know, where they've really worked. Um, so we always look for people that have, first of all, that license in good standing with the state. Cool. If they pass that threshold, we'll go through an interview process. We have some behavioral interview questions. We'll validate their work history a little bit. And then we, um, you know, then we go through, you know, drug screen, background check, TB test, immunization, if that's what the state requires, BLS card, uh, you know, and so then you do all the heavy lifting, all, all the heavy lifting. So it's all, all uploaded in our system. If anyone ever the state ever comes in that says, how do I know Charles is, you know, qualified, like click, 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 we, you know, there it is. We had the state inspection at one of our facilities. Actually, the state loved it because everything was right there. You pulled it right, right. up. So right. that's going to be a huge help. So excellent. Ag- again, make sure you visit doyoucare.com with a K. Yep. Check out for those that are curious, the Care Hero app with a K. We'll put all those in show notes as well. Right. Um, but we definitely think, I mean, this is pretty creative and love what you're doing. So, so thank yeah. you very much for really trying to tackle that workforce issue. We'll be reaching out once we get to the end. That's report. awesome. Please do. Before, you get, before you get there, yeah, let us know. Please do. Yeah. All right, Charles, thank you Charles, thank you, thank very you much. so much. I appreciate it.